Good morning. Happy Monday. How's that for starting off at oh, That never gets old. Right? So beautiful. That was the call, who I didn't see tonight because I wasn't around for 5.30 Mass, but that was their first Mass uh, here in our parish exactly two years ago tomorrow. And uh, so happy anniversary to the cause. I begin their third of the Quite Jewish a welcome to the parish right there. Right. They did, they did a beautiful <laughs> rendition during communion meditation. I was... I, I had to get that off our, our our YouTube channel, and thankfully, I I usually we we, we just put live stream. Thankfully, right. that day I I labeled it Advent Youth Mass. For yeah, Advent. it was still it was still early in the process where we were going in daily and no no we had give, we had given up by then, but <laughs> but I but I labeled it so. But that was um you know that was a, a beautiful rendition by Nana Dre uh, Lauren Chuchi and and Lou who uh, did just a beautiful a cappella rendition of uh of il come, il come Emmanuel, which gets us in the mood for uh today for the season for today for the next four weeks for four weeks wow advent you, already yep how was your thanksgiving it was it was very nice <laughs> um i i will say it uh whoever came up with the idea of having the kids home the entire week of thanksgiving clearly does not have children no, yeah, <laughs> sister, sister, we, we'd like to go on record. Sister Rosalie and I are not uh, fans of the week off. I, I like having the kids here on the day before Thanksgiving, celebrating mass with them. Yep. There's, you know, the, the teachers get pies, you know. So now we have to give them the Friday before, and the pies aren't going to last from the Friday nope. before till Thanksgiving table. You know, that's what you give them today, the Friday, you know, Wednesday you give them the pies, and the next day the pies are there. You, I gave you a pie. When did you eat that pie? Um, before that. No, we we regifted it. <laughs> okay, there you go. Never get, we had we had so Christmas. many desserts already planned for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. so we we passed it. We uh, paid it forward, you know. But so, yeah, that was, it was it was a nice week. It was it, a long week. It was a, it was it was a very long week because uh, Jorge was dealing with gremlins throughout the throughout oh. the building. We could, by the way, we apologize for not being able to record the podcast last week. Uh, first of all, number one, we didn't have time. Uh, the Archbishop was coming to do the blessing of the convent, but even if we did have time, we had no access to our computer, to our network, to Wi-Fi. Until so like, until like Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, so we couldn't even if even if we wanted to. I could have maybe taken the file home and uploaded it, but no, no, we 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 <laughs> we, we, pro- we probably could have figured something out. But the Archbishop was coming at eleven. I had mass, I had things to get ready for the Archbishop at the convent. I mean, we thought about even doing a ten minute. Uh, you know, like let's give thanks segment and and call it a day. Uh, I'll just be frank. Jorge wasn't in the mood. <laughs> no, he was. He was. He would have got an angry George yeah, on, he uh, was, on record he, here. He, he had. He had. <laughs> listen, you get. He, he, you know, he produces his podcast. He does. He does RIT here in the office. He has many hats. Last week, you know, it's like every gremlin known to man. You know, it's like you know. Have you ever it seen the movie Grem? I'm dating myself. Have you ever it seen the movie Gremlins? Wrong. It did go wrong. You know, it's like you have a bit, bunch of gizmos. They look cute and fuzzy and all that stuff, and then you just drop water on them, and they become all the bad gremlins. And that's what happened in our office last well, like, week. And we're still you, not at 100, percent are we? You, no. Are you talking about gremlins, or are you talking about my son? <laughs> no, I'm talking. <laughs> about, I didn't, wasn't even remotely talking about your son. No, but I had I had a great. I had, and this is probably what prompted me to preach about what um, what we preached about, what I preached about yesterday, is that I had, you know, we're thinking, okay, it's Thanksgiving week, it's calm, it's chill. Calm? Yeah, no. It was an incredibly hectic week. We, Like I said, we had on a Monday, thanks be to God, we dedicated the new comment for the sisters. They're very happy. The Archbishop was very happy. On two, But every night last week, 
you know, and this and this goes to so many people who are hearing this. I mentioned this yesterday at mass, the new phenomenon of Friendsgiving, which is a great thing, you know. You know, on Thursday you spend with your family, but right. you want to get to with your circle of friends and, and have a nice meal. That's great, but it starts to multiply. Like Monday night, I, I, you know, I was doing ministry pretty much, literally till the midnight hour. I was it was just one thing after another, and and had spiritual direction. Had some, you know, something else came up, something else came up. Then Tuesday, Tuesday night I had a friendsgiving. Wednesday night I had a wedding rehearsal that I had to go to the to the to the to the to the dinner. Didn't complain about that. But got home. I didn't. I. And and this sounds very bad for a priest. I don't think I got home any night last week before eleven o'clock. Broke yeah. curfew. <laughs> yeah, I broke curfew. <laughs> if it was in seven, I would have broken curfew. Yeah, and I was like, and that's I think that's what prompted my slow down, be quiet, be silent. You know, homily, which I'll get into in a second, because it even it even continued yesterday. I, even after I preached that homily, I still had. It was a wonderful day that that it was one of my students from my first eighth grade class when I was a priest. From twenty years ago, was getting was engaged. We threw him an engagement party. So many of my old students were together. We had a great time. Uh, some people ended up in a pool. That's another story. I wasn't one of them, thankfully. And there was an, uh, one of my brother priests was there, and he was the one because. And he said uh, at seven o'clock, "Yeah, Father, we're going." And I didn't want to go. I wanted to stay with my kids. And <laughs> but I realized, you know what? I have to take what I preached about this morning and and kind of get ready for. Literally, I. I we left at seven. I I was you know got ready, did my prayers, all that stuff. At eight o'clock, I sat down to watch the Sunday night football game, and I was out. I was out. I missed the entire first half. No. I was gone, and that's how. I mean, it was just the entire week caught caught up with me, and and kind of that's what I preached about yesterday is that we get so hectic, we get so hectic with 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 so many things, and I didn't get to Thursday was late. Friday we had another friendsgiving. Saturday had a wedding of a former student as well, and it was in the beach. It was a beautiful wedding, and it was a gorgeous setting in the beach. You know, I'll say it. You know, scandalized people. I got home on on Friday and Saturday. No, not not at eleven o'clock. Wait for it. One a.m. <laughs> One a.m. I was going on four or five hours of sleep. You know, and still I looked pretty lucid on 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 Sunday. That's probably why I fell asleep at eight o'clock yesterday. But no, and and I realized I go this. Not only is it you know <laughs> sustainable for a priest, but uh, in terms of our preparation for Advent, you know, I focused yesterday on the word silence, and and there's I went back in the podcast, and I believe one of the first in the first ten or so, we we talked a lot about silence. It's called, the title is the sound of silence, mm-hmm. and and especially with Advent, and I did make time on Saturday before that wedding. When it was after four o'clock, the vigil had started. By the way, I'm going to be speaking a lot today because Jorge, I don't know if he'll make it to the finish line. I <laughs> I woke up uh, raspy for, uh, and I don't know why. I I went to two games this week, but one was they were both laughers for different reasons. Yeah, but, we'll talk but, about that. In but a second, I didn't even second. yell, so I don't know. I just woke up. <clears throat> Anyhow, so I apologize for all that. So, <clears throat> but I, I said I did make time on Saturday for. You know, I, I I always do this every year. The Saturday, you know, vigil of Advent when Advent officially starts on the vigil four o'clock on the Saturday before first Sunday of Advent. I go into my chapel in silence. I play maybe not what you just heard at the opening of of the podcast, but you know, Mormon Tabernacle Choir sound, has a, an incredible rendition that was recorded. I want to say in, in the early nineties. Of O Come O Come Emmanuel, which I just it just gets me in the spirit of the season, and then bring you know quiets me down. 
it quiets me down in terms of in terms of allowing me to to get into the spirit of the season to be able to just allow myself to focus on what is important at that moment which is preparing my heart for the coming of Christ and that's where we all need to be so that's where I started my homily yesterday in that we need to quiet our hearts you know advent is silence advent is stillness you know and and waiting for the lord it's it's staying awake and that was the theme of yesterday's gospel also of yesterday's second reading from saint paul you know it's staying awake to be able to welcome the messiah and and the thing is we cannot do that if there is noise surrounding us we cannot do that if we are if if i do the same schedule that i did last weekend and i, and I remember at, i i think sophie was at one of the events that i was at and someone says father can you come to this and i go sophie have you seen my schedule for next month i go she goes yeah can you tell these people that i have no time he goes father has no time you know it's just like every you know today we have the nativity tomorrow every every single night this week we have something you know which is great we have the fair coming up we have you know next week we have uh, so many other things coming up in terms of you know Immaculate conception and advent missions and christmas pageants and and it's wonderful it's fantastic but even in the midst of all that, what looks you look at you look at the calendar. You had you had the mm-hmm. calendar, the big screen right now in, the, in our staff meeting, and it looks so daunting. But even in, in amidst that chaos, you we have to find yeah. silence. Yeah, and I'd say Advent is is more a season of silence than Lent. You know, the the two kind of get uh, compared a lot, but but Advent in particular, you've got. You know, your three main figures, Mary, Joseph, and, and obviously the baby Jesus. You know, Joseph never speaks. Mm-hmm. You know, Mary seldom speaks. You know, and, and most often is said, you know, she held these things in, in her heart. So there's the side. And then obviously you've got the baby Jesus developing in the womb and then is born and, and doesn't speak for, you know, we, we don't hear from years. him for 30 years. Well, 12 years, actually. He speaks <laughs> when he's 12. True. Yeah. Um, but this, but even, even, you know, as we meditate on what's what's coming, what we're celebrating, we're drawn into that silence more so than during that season of Lent. You know, when Jesus is preaching and telling us what's coming, and you know, and and it's this whole build up to Easter. So Advent, in particular, has this silent element to it, um, and it's just it's so important in this time of the year. You, know, you just went through all all of your schedule, and and you don't have a family. <laughs> <laughs> you have. I mean, you do. Kids. You, you don't. You don't have. You know I what have, I mean. I have a pretty big family. <clears throat> you know, add add to that. You know, the the layer, and for many of our listeners, the layer of small children, the layer mm. of you know other things going on. You know that you're being pulled in seventy five hundred different directions. You know the the need to find those silent moments. You know, to, to literally hit the brakes uh, and stop. And just that, you know, this season is about, let me remind myself what this season is about. You know, we, we spent Friday decorating for Christmas already at, at the house. Wow. You know, and it's, uh, you know, it's beautiful. It's one of the reasons we do the nativity outside so early. You know, it's a, it's a public witness to our faith. You know, we don't hide the baby Jesus outside because it's, <clears throat> it's that public witness to our faith, but it's a reminder of what we're really doing. 
you know, so I didn't have a problem decorating so early because, you know, even in the midst of that chaos, to get home, you know, and see the and see the house beautifully decorated, and you know, so, to see the nativity, we have a the beautiful image of Santa kneeling before the, ah, the manger, nice. yeah. you know, and, and to walk by with the kids and and they see that, you know, just those visual reminders to ourselves that slow down. Yeah, you know, it's yes, it's nice to have the parties, it's nice to give presents it's nice to receive presents but at the end of at the end of it all you know amidst all the chaos amidst the you know one millionth time that you hear mariah carey you know this season is nothing wrong with mariah carey (laughs) love that song great song you know but this season is about you know let's prepare ourselves to really receive the lord not just in our homes but in our hearts and in our lives there we go I was in seven when that song came out, and it was like, I mean, it was at Gangbusters, and here we are, you know, almost 30 years later, 28 years old, that song, and it's just amazing how that it's lasted that long, and I, I think last year I applied it yep. to you Jesus. Sang it, you sang it in a homily. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Well, no, no I, I didn't. I, 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 did, I just did, I did it now on, on a podcast. Um, have you ever, you talked about decorate, decorating, you know, your house already. I love sometimes because we have the Christmas tree in our living room, which we never, we rarely use our living room in, in the rectory. But there's there's times during Christmas that the, the Christmas tree is there, and I just like to sit in the darkness with the Christmas tree lit with mug of eggnog, yep, and you know, or something else, and you know, and hot and chocolate, clearly. Hot, hot chocolate, yeah, <laughs> um, poquito, uh, but and just sit there, and it's not that we're adoring the Christmas tree; it's just like. You're allowing, you know, because I have a chapel upstairs. I, I go up and I, and I do that in the chapel upstairs with the Blessed Sacrament. But but just being in silence is the key. And allowing the, the beauty of the season overwhelm you. We talked about beauty a couple of weeks ago in the podcast, or in my bulletin column on the podcast. But, um, it, it you know, just sitting there. You know, for you, it's when the kids go to bed and you're you're there with your your wife and I was you just say silent. When you started with silence, yes, right. I'm gonna have to respectfully bow out of the podcast this week. But <laughs> no, I, but I, I have nothing to contribute. I, I had to say, I said you. I, I said at one point in the holiday goes, this Advent, take away the things that make noise in your life, not children. I had to, I had to clarify that, not children. So, but but for the thing is for the two of you, when there is silence in the house. You say the kids are at the grandparents, the kids are asleep. You value it all the more. You know, like, like for example, when you, you, you get on an airplane, you put the noise-canceling things on, you know, you're like, there's silence. There, you know, it, it's perfect, it's beautiful, you, you know, and you, and you kind of like enjoy that because you're walking around. You know, it's the opening of Silver Bells. You know, busy, you know, uh, I've sang this a million times when I was a kid. A city sidewalks, busy sidewalks, you know, Meaning, greeting smile after smile. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas, and so you, you know, you hear that you, you hear all that stuff, and you, and it's wonderful, and you hear the Christmas carols. It's great. It puts us in the season, but silence is important. And I start off my bulletin column. And I mentioned it yesterday in my homily. A beautiful quote from Cardinal Robert Sell, who wrote a book about silence a couple of years ago, which I haven't gotten to because I'm about two books behind on him, and he said this about silence. Without silence. God disappears in the noise, and this noise becomes all the more obsessive because God is absent. Unless the world rediscovers silence, it is lost. The earth then rushes into nothingness. 
he, you know, I, what I love about, about Bishop Sarah is that he's very dramatic sometimes in his writings. And that without silence, God disappears. There's nothing there. Why? Because we can't find God in the noise. He's absent. So unless the world rediscovers silence, all is lost. The earth rushes into nothingness. So there's so much noise in the world. And if you want noise, just turn on a cable TV, uh, a news, a cable news channel. There's noise. Or even ESPN when they have one of the debate say, shows. I was going to say, turn on anything. <laughs> the debate shows, no, Russell Wilson is better than this, and, and Dak, and Dak Prescott's better than that, and the Dolphins aren't that, all, all that. We'll talk about that in the second segment. But it's... People, I'm like, why are they yelling at us? Why? You know, it's like Jesus comes in silence. You know, he sings silent night, holy mm-hmm. night, for a reason. It's in that silence that God becomes present. In the bulletin column, and I mentioned it briefly yesterday in the homily as well, I, I quoted uh, that magnificent passage from 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 and 12, it said, Elijah encounters the Lord. He goes, then the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. The Lord will pass by. There was a strong and violent wind rending the mountains and crushing rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake. The Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, a light, silent sound. Where was God found? Where did Elijah find him? In silence. Nope. That's in Mount Carmel. Was, that, 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 uh, that quote is very, very personal to the Carmelite sisters. And so it's a, it's a lesson for us that, you know, you're not going to find God in the noise of the world. You're not going to find God in, in the noise of a mall, or even, let's say even in the noise of, 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 of doing this, of, 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 of clicking on, on your phone and, and saying, you know, it's Cyber Monday today. So it's like, I got to I got to I got to I got to buy I got to I got to get that that 50 inch screen TV that I really don't need but I could use it in in the patio or or in the kitchen or that's that's for $99 or something if, you, if by the way if you find a 50 inch TV for $9 let us you know <laughs> let us know uh, we we'll use it for the raffle or for for the carnival or for the fair this week for this weekend uh, but we we spend so much time in that that we lose sight of what's important we lose sight of, of, of the true meaning of Advent and its preparing for Jesus. You know, have you have you ever? Uh, well, I, I know the answer is yes, but <laughs> when you encounter something beautiful, you you it, it stops you in your tracks. Mm-hmm. As you were reading that, I, I was you know flashing back to when we did it at Camino Santiago and we, and we went to the mountains of Spain. And we were just, as a family, we drove up there. And I remember just looking out, you know, I'm a Miami boy, I don't see mountains. So to be up there and just behold the majesty of it all. And it just literally floored me and left me speechless. You know, so so there's this, and and you can, you know, as I'm speaking, you can think of a million things oh, that, yeah. that have stopped you in your tracks there's this intimate connection between beauty and silence. You know, that when we behold something profound, you know, when we see something beautiful, you know, it just stops you. The first image that came to mind was the first time I went up to San Damiano in Assisi. In Assisi. Yeah. That is quiet. 
you see the valley below you and you know francis and all creation you, yep. you think of all creatures of our god and the king and all his mm -hmm. hymns to creation and it's just this overpowering right silence and all this overpowering overwhelming peace yep. that you get yeah you know, but but even in that silence you know you it it takes you even deeper yeah yeah because right you you see something beautiful it stops you 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 take it in and then as you're as you're observing it as you're appreciating it you know, in that silence you start to pick up even more things in that beauty you know, and it takes you deeper and deeper and deeper and and that's what this Advent uh, season really challenges us to do you know, is to to see the beauty of what we're about to celebrate again, you know, and stop, recognize it, you know, and not just not just pass by it on a surface, you know. Oh, it's it's Christmas again. Yeah, we're gonna put a baby Jesus statue on you know a little image of baby Jesus on our dining room table, you know, and then we'll put them away in January. Yeah, and we'll wash, rinse, repeat, and do it again in December. No, this Advent season is about you know, entering into that silence and letting that image be more than just you know, a little statue that you put on your table. Mm -hmm. you know, that that in that silence, you appreciate it, you re you recognize it, you allow it to take root in your life, in your family, in your home, so that when that Christmas morning comes. You know, it is a profound celebration. Why are people so uncomfortable with silence? You know, I in Mass, silence is very important. Uh, during the celebration of the Mass, obviously, even more important if people were silent before or after Mass, but that's another story. But during Mass, you know, it's important to have those moments of silence. For me, it's especially after communion. Like yesterday, because I was preaching about silence, I, I sat down after the homily and spent, what, a minute in silence before we started the creed? And I could kind of like feel the tension. It, it felt like half an hour for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but I could finally feel the tension in the room because we're uncomfortable with silence. Yeah, you get the, after you communion, get the squirming in the You get the squirming, like, what, 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 you know, what's Father, what's father waiting yeah. for? And it's, you know, as a leader in prayer during during the liturgy, it's for me, it's important to draw you into that silence, to draw you into the divine mystery, which we will only find in silence. You know, there's people that don't like silence. They think that it's uncomfortable silence, that they think that every moment has to be filled with a word or, or, or idle talk or stupid talk or, or whatever it is. You know, I, I think I mentioned uh, last spring that, Jorge and I went, you know, to a baseball game, and and we were there, and there were, you know, large swaths of time spent that we didn't, just didn't talk to each other. We weren't mad at each other. We weren't fighting. <laughs> we were just just sitting there, in. taking it in, and and also enjoying each other. You know, you could sit there and enjoy each other's company. You know, listen, when I go fishing with my father, we're sometimes out there for hours, and yep. we don't say a word. You know, all we're, all I hear is, you know, my father. Bates jumping out there or tighten the line. Mm -hmm. That's it. But it's, we can go hours without talking. We're just there enjoying each other's company. Now, translate that to your relation with God and sitting in an empty church, which I suggested, or sitting in our chapel. And I know that we have to do a better job of silent proofing our chapel. I'm working on that. I'll probably get to that after the, after 
the Christmas holidays, but just sitting there in the silence and communicating with God in that silence. Because the thing is that God will not communicate us in the noise. You heard it in the, in, in, in the Cardinal Sarah quote. He will only communicate with us in the silence because that's when we're, we're shutting out the noise from the world and we're allowing him to speak to us, allowing our ears to listen to him, allowing ourselves to be you know, taken in by, by the readings. And I, and I really wanted to focus on, on, on the second reading, which is from Romans chapter, chapter 13, verses 11 to 14. Uh, St. Paul says, You know the time. It is the hour now for you to awake from sleep, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is advanced, the day is at hand. Let us then throw off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. We do that as a way of preparing for, for Jesus, staying awake. I read this great quote by, by this priest, and um, actually it wasn't by this priest, he, he requoted it, but from, from this Christian author that said, you know, one thing that we're promised in, in, in the Gospels is that Jesus is going to surprise us. But he can't surprise us if we're not paying attention. He can't surprise us. He can't talk to us if we're, we're in the midst of noise. He can't surprise us if we're, if we're constantly talking, constantly yammering, constantly active. I have to be doing this. I have to be doing that. And don't take the time to just sit in quiet and just be. You know, it's a communi- what I wrote in the bulletin, it's a communication of love. You know, you're, he looks at you, and this is Mother Teresa. I love that. And, and he looks at me, you look at him, he looks at me, you look, I look at him. And that's and so much is transmitted in that gaze of Christ, so, if, so to speak. And the way that we gaze upon him, it's the way you gaze upon your beloved if you're married. That's the same thing. You know, your beloved is supposed to stop you in your tracks. Same thing with the Lord, as, as Jorge said. You know, if we are awake, if we're noticing what's going on because so many people are asleep at the wheel during this time of year. They're just going through the motion, everything on cruise control. Okay, this is what we do after Thanksgiving. We do this, this, mm-hmm. this, and this, and we do this on that day, and we and, and we go to to this thing, and we go to that event, and we go to that Christmas party, and we go to 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 the, and and little flower, you know, throws your curveball by putting the fair in the middle of the season <laughs> because that's the way we roll around here. But even in that. Like, for example, in the fair, amidst all the crazies and all the noise, it's a beautiful picture uh, that you put on the website of the fair, you know, parishfair.org. And there's a beautiful picture that somebody took of me that I, w- that, that I was just, you know, it was, it was our first fair back after, after COVID last year. And I was out there, and obviously there's noise going on. There, there's the music coming from, from the rides and, and the kids screaming on the swings and, and all that. And I'm just there. And I, I, I took a time to go by, off by myself yep. and just to take in the beauty of my community being together and how blessed I was as a pastor and how blessed we are as a community that we're there to be able to celebrate together, yep. overcame COVID. And that picture says, I have a copy of that picture somewhere in my office, a, a printed co- print copy. Cause it is such, it's just me just, just with a face full yep. of joy taking it in, and it was just me going off on a walk by myself and just to take in the beauty of what was going on. And amidst all that noise, but even in the noise, you could check right. out. I was going to say, you know, all that falls away Yeah, in that moment. You know, so despite the, the noise of the rides and the noise of the 
you know, the kids screaming and the, the people talking and, you know, it just kind of falls away, mm-hmm. you know, and it draws you into that, into that beauty, you know, and that's, and, and it, if you look at that picture, you almost get that sense, you know, you, you could, you could, uh, you could see the lights and the noise, not you see it, but you can imagine the lights and the noise behind you and you can almost just literally look at that picture and see all that fall away to just that moment of you know, appreciation that moment of recognition that moment of really that moment of blessing you know that that in the midst of all that you know god was there and and you were able to see it you were able to spot him you were able to to hear him you know and and take that in um there's so much to do in term i mean this morning we were talking about we got to get the Christmas trees for the church tomorrow, and we got to do this, and we, we got the nativity scene to prepare for tonight. And yes, we're, we're doing all those things, and we're doing it with joy. Uh, but still, you know, I mentioned this yesterday, that we go into Lent, we have resolutions for Lent. Is where I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do that, I'm going to sacrifice this, I'm not going to sacrifice that. Nope. But we don't do it for Advent. Oh, well, we should, because it's New Year's. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's something new. It's we, new resolutions. It, it is a new year. It's yeah, a new liturgical year. It is, FYI. and and so for those uh, who didn't know, <laughs> now they do. But make make time to do something different this Advent. The best thing you do is make more time for prayer. The best thing you do is make time for silence in your life. And you, and I, if I can, it's so important to pre-schedule it. Yeah, because. This time of the year, in particular, you know, it is. There's a tree lighting here. There's a dinner there. There's a Christmas show there. There's a pageant over here. There's a concert over there. There's the fair over here this weekend. It is so easy to pack your calendar with events in this time of the year. You know that. You, I mean, it, literally, you blink and it's Christmas morning. Yep. You you blink and you'll miss it. So it's so important to create those blocks. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a big calendar guy. My my wife is a huge like if it's not on her calendar, it doesn't exist. You know, but that's she, why she ignores me. But she, <laughs> kidding, kidding. Yeah, but she, but she'll go in and and she will put a block. Yeah, and say this is my time. It's it's the time to exercise. It's the time to eat lunch. Mm-hmm. It's it's the time to pray. You know, this is I'm dedicating woman. this time for what's important. It, it, I don't want to confuse with the social media app, but TikTok is what they call the president's schedule in the White House. And ev- almost every single minute is accounted for because his schedule is so is so busy. And, th- and there are days in my life where I think I need that because to say, I need this, like for example, right after we finish the podcast, I got, I got to work on this. I think I got to work on this Sunday's bulletin column. I got to start working on, on something else. I got to start working... On, on the homily for for this weekend you know and i have to and already in my mind and and it may not be on my schedule per se it may not be on the schedule that my that my assistant has downstairs but there's days that everything is so hectic i mean mm-hmm. la, every day last week for us it was like uh, you know it wasn't it, it wasn't peaceful it, it wasn't peace and we're getting ready for we're getting ready for a great you know, holiday in, in, in terms of giving thanks, where we really were so busy, we, we kind of forgot, to give, you know, not that we forgot to give thanks. You know, I did my list, 
you know, put it together. It took me longer than I did, than I usually do, because some, I kept getting interrupted. Right. I used to be able to sit down and do that in one sitting, but kept getting interrupted. You know, phone call here, email there, you know, sick call here, mm-hmm. you know, get called back to the church there. And there, there was one of the days last week, I, I remember I crossed that street from the rectory to the church at least 15 times. You know, every time I tried to get, yep. boom. Every time I went out, they pulled me back in. So, yeah, you have to make time. And when Hori says true, you have to pre-schedule it. Say, like, you know what? I'm going to go to the Adoration Chapel from 9 to 10 p.m. when the kids are down on Tuesday. Or I'm going to go sit in the church during my lunch hour mm-hmm. and just sit there. Or sit by the nativity scene or, or anywhere else. If you, if you work by a park, you know, go sit in that park. Yep. You know, I wish there were days were a little, you know, cooler. You know, cooler. Yep. It was brutally hot this weekend since Thanksgiving. Just mm. brutally hot, you know, for this time of year. But make the time, you know, bask in God's creation, bask in his glory in the church, but make the time. And I want to end this segment with this beautiful prayer by Henry Newman, who wrote The Return of the Prodigal Son, the Wounded Healer, magnificent author. And it says this, Lord Jesus, master of both the light and the darkness, send your Holy Spirit upon our preparations for Christmas. We have so much to do and seek quiet spaces to hear your voice each day. We who are anxious over many things look forward to your coming among us. We who are blessed in so many ways long for the complete joy of your kingdom. We whose hearts are heavy seek the joy of your presence. We are your people, walking in darkness, yet seeking the light. To you we say, come Lord Jesus. Amen. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's yeah, a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? How about them fins? Oh, uh, yeah. 8-3. Fins for the win. We haven't been 8-3 since 2001, since before I was a priest. No way. Yep. You, you were in high school. So many things are different. George Bush was president. You know, it was 2001. Long time ago. Jay Fiedler was our quarterback. We made the playoffs that year. Lost <laughs> in the playoffs that year. But, uh, but yeah, no, it was good. It was a laugher. I don't remember the last time the Dolphins played it. We played Houston like that uh, in 2015. I remember that we played them. This was Dan Campbell's first home game. I was there. We blew them out. We scored. We we hung thirty on them in the first half. Here we hung forty on them in the first half. In that game with a f- much much inferior team that we had. Well, but, I was there. But yeah, you were there. The Texans we're, are we're, bad. We team. are two and zero when I go to games. So I you think need, I need to, more tickets. You, you need more tickets. People get tickets to Jorge, so he could. If you could send them to San Francisco, Los Angeles, and Buffalo for the next three games, you and Buffalo. It may be a night game. It may be a, it yeah. may be flexed to Monday night. <laughs> uh, that would. I've been in Buffalo on the sideline. Are we going to have to call OSHA for 
unsafe workplace. Yeah, no, condition. but I'm just saying, Buffalo, I've been in Buffalo at night uh, during a Thursday night game. Freezing. Yeah. Michael Agnew still getting, he wasn't playing, was getting in front of that heater and wouldn't allow the heat to get to us, but that's another story. Um, not, I'm still not bitter about it. Um, Buffalo at night or even during the day is just a crazy scene. Now, and I was just on the sidelines. I'm insulated kind yeah. of because I'm with the team. I have the tunnel. But in the stands and the parking lot, it's just cold, cold and looks like fun. And people have been there since the night before in their trailers and tables are getting smashed. You know, I don't know why that you do that, but whatever. They're in Buffalo. Why they live in Buffalo, that's another yeah. thing I can't <laughs> fathom. But it's, it's going to be a rough stretch. Here's our stretch. We have San Francisco this Sunday. We have Los Angeles Charger. I think we're staying on the West Coast for the entire week. Following Sunday. Buffalo, either Saturday night or following Sunday, 17th or 18th. Christmas Day against the Packers. Mm-hmm. You may not be without Aaron Rodgers, who got injured last night. New England on the road after that, and finish the Jets at home. I'll be at the I'll be at the Jets game. There you go. So it's a fun game to go to. Yeah. All you would say, look at all those. All are except for Green Bay. You would think mm-hmm. Green Bay would be the, the toughest opponent on that schedule. It's probably the easiest. Wouldn't if Aaron Rodgers is there? Wouldn't call it easy. But every single one of those games is a playoff team yep. or a playoff team that's in the hunt. Yep. So what was your impression seeing the greatest show on grass yesterday? Oh, well, it was a wonderful first half. Yeah. And then, no, the it, second and half then it got was, boring. It was pre- <laughs> It was a basically a preseason game. And I was like, when halftime was that, I was with some friends. I said, you need to take two out. Yeah. Because he, he took some hits there because Armstead got, got hurt. Well, he came out for the first, for like the first drive yeah. of the second half. And he, and he got hit. Yeah. And I'm like, no, he got hit at one one that he folded backwards. I'm mm-hmm. like, yay, yay, yay. So... Thankfully, the Spain-Portugal game is playing. We'll get to the World Cup in a second. And I was able to – Spain-Germany. Like 299 first half yards. It was crazy. And then we put up like 30 yards the rest of the game. Yeah, we, we didn't care. <laughs> we didn't care. I mean, everybody's saying, no, no, Houston made it interesting. They, Houston didn't make it interesting. They were going to put up 30 points. No. And put 15 points. Get, get out. But and it we still fun. covered. It was fun. Get out of here. So that's the landscape. Buffalo won. On, it was a great set of games on, on Thanksgiving. And yeah, Buffalo, I'm not a fan of two point conversions this week. I lost, I lost two picks on a last the, second touchdown the, and two the point Chargers, conversions. The yeah. Chargers game and and Baltimore. Yes, the Trevor Lawrence. I was like, seriously, I two lost, of them. I lost both of those. Two games of too. them. <laughs> yep. I wasn't, pay, I wasn't paying much attention to the four o'clock games, but I did notice that that uh, that that Jacksonville game. What a what a what a performance uh, Lawrence put up yesterday. Mm. My goodness. Uh, Speaking of Josh Jacobs, also in that Raiders game, you know, ran for ran for two hundred some odd yards, had three hundred total yards, yep. had an eighty six yard walk off touchdown in overtime, uh, just incredible. And then last night, the you know, Phillies taking it to the Packers, even though it was a game. And then I mentioned earlier that Rodgers was, you know, put out of the game because of a, a rib injury or oblique injury, whatever mm-hmm. they're calling. And Jordan Love had to step in, did okay, but the Eagles' offense is too much. Eagles. You know, they have a stretch, and I believe they play the Giants twice. They have some really tough games coming up. We're going to see what they're made of. And I have to make mention of this. Dallas looks good. The last two games killed Minnesota. Minnesota looked unstoppable um, at in Minnesota. And then what they did to the Giants mm-hmm. on, on Thanksgiving night, what is the most watched regular season game in NFL history. Wow. 40, it was 38 or 42 million, I forget. But they say that at, at some point, during the day, 130 million people 
tuned wow. in to uh, an NFL game at some point or another during that day, during the tri- triple header. So that was going on. And while that was going on, we have the greatest sporting s- event in the world going on in Qatar, which is the World Cup. And so since we couldn't do a World Cup preview last week because of gremlins and, and time constraints, uh, we're not going to do it now because we're halfway through the tournament. In fact, we... We're, celeb- we're we're recording this happen right after Ghana, you know, nipped uh, South Korea. South Korea came back in that game, and Ghana, God bless them, very spirited team. And, and they currently lead the group. They do momentarily, at mm-hmm. least they do. Uh, well, that's with Brazil coming up. You know, they're just <laughs> they're, they're, Brazil played Switzerland a little, but those are the two masters of the group. Leave it, leave it, leave it at that. Anyways, so far, let's talk about USA. Comes out like gangbusters against Wales. It was last Monday. Mm-hmm. We score in the first half on a beautiful pass from Pulisic to Way, and Way score just puts a nice, beautiful little touch on the ball. It's the back of the net. We haven't found the back of the net since. since. Now, England kills or destroys or annihilates Iran 6-2. to two. I'm mm-hmm. still figuring out how Iran got those two goals. And everybody's thinking, especially in England, they're thinking, oh, we're going to beat the snot of the yep. U.S. That was a great game. Four, it was a magnificent game, but couldn't find the back of the net. Pulisic had one go off the crossbar, and even Harry Kane had a header mm-hmm. that went wide Yep, that could have given them the win. But, but it was, I, I felt like we controlled that game. We controlled that game. We are soccer novices. CJ, I wish he was in studio to, to, to lead us. CJ, right before the podcast started, sent me what, his, what he would do with the lineup. And it's this, and so it's everybody's calling for. What Gio Reyna came into the game, I think, in the 82nd minute against England, and we're like, "No, man, there's yep. eight minutes left in, the, in, in in right before stoppage time. What's and going on?" I don't on? even think it was that early. No, it may, have, was, it may oh, have been even later. It's horrible. You, you you need to create space. You need to create. Uh, it's listen. It's winner winner go home on uh, tomorrow against Iran, who is not really happy with us right now for. You know, when is Iran happy with us ever? You know, unless we're, we're giving them money. That's enough. <laughs> I don't want to get into politics. So, what's going on? We need to create goals. I think one of the revelations of this tournament, I've always found the U.S. defense suspect, but we held, you know, Wales pretty much scoreless. I mean, there was a penalty and an ill-advised tackle in the penalty box with uh, Gareth Bale's back to the goal. Armstrong comes up. I think it was Armstrong. And Armstead, Armstrong, I'm, I'm confusing the Dolphins with the with the U.S. soccer team, and tackles. I mean, why, dude? Why? And that's how they equalized it. Or else we would have won that game. We should have won that game. Yep. We should have had three points in hand, and then tomorrow would have been a laugher. Yep. We could have opened things up. Maybe experimented. Get it ready for the round of sixteen. Outside shot that we win the group. We'll see. I don't think Wales is beating England. You know, and then. But that's why they play the game. That's why they play the game. I mean, look. Japan beat mm-hmm. Germany. Saudi Arabia beat Argentina. Boy, Argentina, yes, yeah. uh, two days ago. You'd talk about people that were, you know, high-strung. My poor Argentinian family, it was a 64th minute, and Messi finally said, enough of this, and scores a goal against Mexico. Yep. And, and we got the Messi rumors flying again. I was going to tell you that I just, right before we started this segment, Messi to injure Miami was all over the place yesterday when the day began. Now... Kind of putting some cold water on that, but that the, it's not the, as final as the team confirmed. They're in talk, so 
That's good. But I think that, and that's after the European leagues and season end, which is around May, because we don't have. I don't believe they have. I don't know what they. Well, next year is is a women's World Cup. I believe Copa America is the following year. So Messi would. I believe. I'm not. Mm. I'm not totally sure on that. I think it is the next year, the following year. Uh, but bring him on. You know, uh, he he just that goal that he scored the yeah. other day was just magnificent. Pretty, pretty, pretty. A magnificent. For me, right now, the, the the two best teams in the tournament are France and Brazil, and and everybody else mm-hmm. just down there. You know, it's Germany was lucky to get that tie yesterday. Spain scored first, and if not Germany would have been out. Yep. So right now, Cutter's out. Uh, I believe Tunisia's out, and there was another team that I'm forgetting. Uh, Canada. Is out. Cutter Canada, out. Canada, who Canada looked like ga- Canada, who looked like gangbusters in qualifying. I thought they're going to make some noise in this tournament. They're out. Yep. My goodness, and uh, they played. Uh, Tunisia is not mathematically really? out. Yeah, but they're like, yeah. <laughs> one of those like. Oh, but that's the World Cup. Uh, before we get into the other game you went to this oh. weekend, okay, we got to talk about the Heat. They won last night, which is great. They are. 10 and 11. We're at the quarter pole of the season. I could bring Ashley here and she could scream about what's going on. I was friends of mine yesterday who are Heat season ticket holders or Rabbits Heat fans who were on their phones watching the game. And I shouldn't talk because three hours earlier I was on my phone watching the Dolphin game. But they, you know, I don't know what, what's wrong with this team. I mean, injuries obviously is a big key to that. Uh, so you lost me. I know. College football. <laughs> Before we get to our hometown team, let's talk oh. about the great panorama of college football. Who are your four teams in the college football playoffs? Oh. Well, you got Georgia. Mm-hmm. You got Michigan. Michigan looks what, good. What they did to oh. in Ohio Stadium. Michigan. Planted the flag on that 50-yard line. It was Michigan beautiful. Michigan looks good. They do. Is that a, is that a further indictment on uh, Josh Gaddis, by the way? Uh, they looked good last year. Yeah, but. They they put up more points. I mean, they were at home, but they put. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> you have two teams: Georgia, Michigan. Georgia, Michigan. Who was? Hold on. There was a lot of up and down. Uh, TCU, and uh, you put USC in there. Or Ohio State. USC has one loss. Ohio State has one loss. Yeah. USC lost on the road at Utah. Has to play. I believe that who are they playing this weekend for the for the Big Ten. Um, the championship. Sorry, games the Big are, Twelve the championship games are awful, wacky this year. No, and they are meaningless. Yeah, because LSU lost in College Station, and they were like, "Oh, two loss LSU mm-hmm. team. If they beat Georgia and the, you know Georgia State and LSU, go." Now here's a problem I have: two loss Alabama, a lot of no. projections. No, nope, no, no two losses. No business being anywhere because close. you have Ohio State out there with one loss. Because you're going to put two loss Alabama, and you got to put two loss Tennessee in there. Yes, Tennessee got blown out by South Carolina. By the way, props to South Carolina going into well, first of all, beating Tennessee at home, not beating Tennessee, annihilating, putting, handing a sixty burger on Tennessee. But Tennessee has had an incredible season, and they're sitting at two losses. Why not them? Now they beat Alabama. Do I believe Alabama has a better team on paper? Yes, but on the field of play, I read a great quote yesterday that. During March Madness, Jay Billis likes to say, "Likes to say, don't tell me who you lost to. Tell me who you beat." Mm-hmm. Okay, Alabama 
when faced against the tough teams, did not beat the tough teams. Tennessee did. Yep. LSU did. Alabama beat Auburn. Well, you're supposed to beat Auburn. But when you paid Tennessee, and who I forget their other loss. I'm, uh, I'm blanking on the. It was Tennessee. Was it old? Was it Ole Miss? Was it maybe it was Ole? No, it wasn't Ole Miss. Oh no, they lost. They they beat Ole Miss. Oh, I'm pulling it up. But um, but Alabama, it's, it's the there's two losses. Yes, they were they were they were uh, they they were last second losses. They were one possession losses mm-hmm. that could that came down to, you know the last the, you know. It came down to the final seconds, came down to the final minute. But who did they beat this year? But who did if, Alabama beat this year? But if, if, you, uh, if USC beats Utah, they're in. Exactly. They already lost to Utah. But, but are they? That's, that's the thing. Because some people make, can, make, can make an argument, and that's what's, that's what's great about this, this thing. It, it, it no, has they're, this they're a Pac-12 debate. champion. But we say, well, what about Ohio State? They had no, a great year. No. But no. They, they're not even playing the championship no. game. They're not. Sorry. If Tennessee had not lost to, you want uh, real chaos? LSU beats Georgia. Georgia's staying. <laughs> Georgia's not moving anywhere. No, but then LSU jumps up. LSU has three. No, but LSU has three losses. Yeah, they lost to A and M on they're Saturday. What, they're five right now. They're five. No, right no, now. but they're 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 falling back out of the top ten. <laughs> no, if the, the my oh, my point the, is these are the, my point is this. Could you did you would you pull up the Alabama schedule? Because I forget I forget who the. I forget who the Alabama who they lost to. It was it was Tennessee. LSU. They lost to LSU. LSU they lost Tennessee. LSU in Death Valley. Yes. So it's like, and who, who anybody of consequence they beat? Okay, they beat Ole Miss on the road. Great. They but really, beat. Uh, let's see. Arkansas eh. was twentieth at the time. Mississippi eh. State was twenty fourth at the time. Eh. Ole no. Miss was eleven at the time. Right. That's it. That's it. But not the same impressive wins. LSU no, beating beat Austin Peay. Well, you know, <laughs> powers of Austin Peay. But no, I, I the somebody wrote yesterday the top four right now, which would be the three undefeated teams, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, TCU and the Pac-12 champion. If they're the if they're the top four teams going in going in this week, they should be the top four teams going in now. But I do have a problem with this. Okay, this you, is the Alabama. If Utah beats USC. No, then, you know, then USC's out. Yeah, so then you're opening the door for Ohio Al- State or Alabama. And Ohio State should be there. A two lost, well, unless there's absolute chaos during the uh, during a college football season, a two lost team has no business in the in the college football playoff. No business, none. Yep. But Alabama always finds a way, and Nick Saban has been doing everything to politic his way into that conversation. I'm sorry. Tennessee and Alabama lined it up on a field of play, and Tennessee won that football game. That has to count for yeah, something. But yet, in the AP poll, Alabama is six and Tennessee is seven as of. Doesn't it doesn't make week? sense to me? It doesn't make sense to me. No, the AP poll came out yesterday. Yeah, yeah, that's the most current. It does not make like, yes, how I understand. How? I understand Tennessee beat a, beat Vanderbilt this weekend. But and yes, they got the snot kicked out of them, and also, and I understand on paper anymore. Their starting quarterback hooker is no longer there, so on paper they're not the same team that beat Alabama. So ergo, Alabama on paper, on paper, yep. is a better team. But things but that's aren't not decided. how rankings work. No, but the things that things aren't decided on paper; <laughs> they're decided on the field of play. Identical records, head to head, and head to head, they won, and they're ranked behind them. No, no, like for example. If LSU would have beaten, uh, 
A&M, they'd be ranked of hell Alabama at a two-loss team. But Alabama's Alabama. So I think it should be, if, if everything goes according to plan, and you rarely it does mm-hmm. on, a, on, a championship Sunday, on a championship weekend, it should be Georgia, Michigan. And the thing is, Georgia, who's number one? Georgia or Michigan? Georgia, you had some, they, they, Georgia Tech gave them a game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And they had some problems. It was a road game. Missouri almost lost to Missouri. Uh, Michigan is just, Michigan had trouble with Illinois, but Michigan looked like the superior team. But yeah, Georgia's but, defense. But right now, right now, Michigan's a better team. Absolutely. So you could put, it really doesn't matter. It's just who do you play in, 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 in that first semifinal? No. If, if you do you play USC, if it's, if, if it's Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Michigan, and, 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 uh, and, and uh, USC, you know, you know, the quarterback for USC is winning the Heisman. I mean, what he, you know, just trashed Notre Dame's uh, yep. d- d- uh, secondary. We're stalling because we really don't want to talk about our home <sighs> team. You were there. We don't have the laugh track, but how was it? I, I saw, I was on my way to a wedding reception. I was sitting in the back seat of, uh, of my childhood best friend's car. Husband's driving, and I'm watching the first five minutes. TVD go, takes him down the field. Mill Mallory had a great drive. And throws a pick in the end in, at the goal line and, and it all was downhill. All downhill from there. It was bad. No signs of life. Nope. Nope. But I, you know, I was talking to my with my friend as we were driving back. How many of those guys already have a foot out the door? The players. The players. Yeah. Because he was saying there's there's like twenty five transfers out and twenty five transfers in. This cycle coming, but but is it like the players? And that's great. Like we're talking college football roster here. But is it the players that don't don't want to? Didn't want to play in a in a in a subpar bowl, which we play in two weeks, the Gasparilla Bowl or whatever it is that they play in in Tampa I don't Bay. Know, but where's your pride? There, there should be. Where is your pride? Like the you mean something? It does. That's it, why they come here. Mm-hmm. Well, no, NIL has thrown a, a wrinkle into all that. Yeah, but I I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I'll keep saying it. You take the take the you off their helmet and say you know if if Mario's serious about playing to a standard and upholding the standard of this of the you, which means something, all right, then you earn the right to wear that you. Yep. You want to wear the orange and green, fine, all right. But you want to wear you want to rep the you. You got to play to a standard. And if you're not meeting that standard, mm-hmm. you're not wearing the you. Uh, because what we saw. And really, it's not. It's not just this year because we've seen it repeatedly. It, it's a bad loss, the last and then years. it's a, you get a bad loss, and then just the wheels fall off. And you know, but, I'm you know, I'm ultra competitive, but where, and where, I hate to lose. Like, where is the hatred for but, losing? But, but but my problem is okay. Not that we have the greatest home field advantage. I saw that stadium. Your sister sent me a picture when Lou Headley was doing the senior yeah. thing, that was and, bad. and it was empty. I mean, people the, were probably saw outside tailgating, whatever. No, but, no. But the, was it, the band outnumbered the student section, and the band is it, not but their band the, to but, begin with. But it goes to this. <laughs> College football used to end this past, the weekend uh, before Thanksgiving. Why? Because the kids are still on campus. Yep. Now, yes, places fill up. Tallahassee filled their stadium for Florida, Florida State. Congratulations, Florida State, for your state championship. Um, I mean, but listen. Florida ended up six and six, but they filled their stadiums. Everybody filled their stadiums, and I understand that the students aren't here. They were out for Thanksgiving, so you know what? Don't schedule a, don't schedule a home game on Thanksgiving weekend. Yep. Do the last game of the season. It's very easy. 
Of course, the ACC is not going to do ACC is not going to do us any favors because I could guarantee you, like forget about the students. If we were playing Notre Dame, like Notre Dame played USC, if we were playing Notre Dame on Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, yeah. I remember one Thanksgiving weekend in '89 we played Notre Dame. That stadium was full. But it's it it goes. Who had your your wife? Who was mm. a genius, evil genius that she is? Stayed home, and she was like bragging on it. Yeah, I'm staying home. I'm putting the kids to bed, opening up a bottle of wine. I'm staying home. Yep. I don't need this in my life. Yep. Tried to pawn off the ticket on me. Thankfully, I had a wedding. <laughs> okay. Did not go to any games. But no, my problem is this. We were better on the road than we were at home. We lost so many home games. Five, that should not happen. Five in a row. Should not happen. All ACC. Should not happen. We played Georgia Tech. We killed Georgia Tech if, on the road. If, if, and Georgia um, Tech played them. Played Georgia, the, the national champions, tough. If we preseason would have said we're going four and two on the road. Oh, we're saying, oh, we're we're in the playoff. No, I mean on the playoff, but Not we're but, going but, we're going to a New Year's Six Bowl. Yep. But oh man, one we got. Five. I mean, there were, Mario said something curious in his press conference when they were he was talking about the coaches. He goes, obviously, we have to be better as coaches. But he said something that the players didn't either. Either I don't know if he said it either buy into the system or didn't adjust to our system. This is where maybe we differ. You have to adjust to the players you have. Yep. Now, you recruit players for your system, and that's still coming. That's why I have hope. Mm-hmm. This is a man that went into the horseshoe last year and beat yep. a very good Ohio State team with that Oregon team who lost. Oregon lost to uh, Oregon State late. Uh, no, it wasn't late. That was the early game. The, the, the Apple Cup was a late game. but And they lost uh, towards the end of the game. Oregon State beat or Oregon. And then, you know, so Oregon went. Mario took him into the horseshoe and beat them early in the season. That's hard to do. He won the Rose Bowl. Yep. That's hard to do. And you have a better recruiting base down here. It's just keeping the players down here, keeping players that will buy into your system, yep. that will buy into your brand. I mean, I wasn't expecting much from the season. When I say I wasn't expecting much, I was saying, okay, mid, mid-tier bowl. I was not expecting five and seven. Seven losses. I want to say I was thinking about this this morning. Between 2000 and 2005, did we even have seven losses combined? 2004. No. 2004. Those four seasons, those five seasons, do we even have seven losses combined? Think about when was the last time Nick Saban lost, did how many seasons have to count where he totaled seven losses? He was undefeated last year. Nope. He's lost two this year. So you have to go back before the pandemic for him to total seven losses. That's what the U used to be. Yep. From 85. Through 91, I don't think we totaled seven losses. I, mean, I don't have any, or he could tell you, I have nothing in front of him. I'm out on my phone, I'm out on a computer. Just from memory. Mm-hmm. Seven losses. Anathema. When you lost, you felt it for weeks. And that's well, what I'm saying. Like, where is that now? You won't. I remember that loss at Notre Dame in 88, okay, that was 34 years ago. Oh. I still feel that loss. I was like, we don't lose. We had gone undefeated the the we had gone undefeated in the regular season the two previous years eighty six and eighty seven lost the Fiesta Bowl to Penn State, but we had gone undefeated losing regular season that was anathema. How, yep. You know what? To quote the great, I can't believe I'm injecting musical theater into this. <laughs> to quote a great song from from Wicked, what is this feeling? But it's become normal. Oh, Kane's lost. We just move on. No, where's the urgency? So what do you do? It's not. I don't think it's the coaches. There was a lot of injuries. Yes, Restrepo was saying that on 
on in the press conference also. Yep, a lot but, of injuries. But we're not the only team with dealing with injuries. No. Look at look at well, Tennessee without their starting quarterback. Um, but again, where is the pride? I hate losing. Like I lose and I'm going to remember that mm-hmm. and it's going to drive me to never lose again. But and I'm not playing on the field. Like where is that fire? And I know these are kids, but and it's a different world we're living in right now. And very different. But where is that very where different. is that passion? Where is that fire? But, but, where is but that? Can I tell you what we're going to do next summer? We're going to get all these transfers, going to get all these recruits. We don't know who our starting quarterback's going to be next year, by the way. Everybody thought TVD's going to have a great year and go into the draft. Yeah, that's not happening. By the way, between uh, 2000 and 2000, what did you say? Three? Four, three or four or whatever. Four losses. Exactly. If you add 2004, you get seven losses. We went nine and three that year. Did? Yeah, we went to the Peach Bowl that year. Got killed by LSU. Yep. Um, there you go. I said, do you? It, so over five seasons, seven losses. And I bet you if you go from 86 through 91, you won't get to seven. You will not get to seven. 86 to 91. He's looking it up. But, One, two, but three, but four, five, six to 92. Six losses. Even better, because in 92, <laughs> we should have won the national championship and lost to Alabama. We went undefeated that, that uh, regular season. Uh, we, but we're going to go through this next summer. We're going to get all hyped up. We're going to get, oh, no, no, Mars going to turn around this year. We're going to get all hyped up, and, we're, and we've been doing this for so long. Mario has 10 years to put this together. Mm-hmm. But here's what worries me, and I believe Mario will do this. What if he doesn't? Where does that leave us? You know, where's the savior? Yep. You know, this is UM. This is University of Miami. This is the U. You know, you know what? Back in back in the eighties, it wasn't the U. It was just the University of Miami. The yep. U thing was something that came up in the two thousands yep. after we won our last national championship. When Billy, well, even before Billy Corbin did the documentary. Okay, just get back to basics. Get back to just saying, you know, we'll play you anytime, anywhere. Just get back to that, mm-hmm. and get back to. The games are won on Green Tree on the practice field. So when you get to the game, it's easy. Yep. You just beat the snot out of the opponent in front of you. Easier said than done. There's more parity in college football. We're in a mediocre conference. We play down to that mediocrity and we're doing okay. Uh can't end the segment without saying you in basketball. Doing yeah, very yeah. well. Six, I believe they're six and one. Coachell has got a team which's not ranked. They went to the Elite Eight last year. Not ranked. What's up? Come on. We've, you know, just make noise in the tournament. We uh we went through that last year too. Yeah, we weren't ranked for a long time. But we were, in, and we weren't ranked going into the tournament. <laughs> and we made the elite eight. <laughs> Go figure. But yeah, Isaiah Wong's still there. You know, they're, they're doing good things. So is the girl. So is the girls' uh, basketball, ladies' basketball team. So all that we got in. Um, I know we didn't talk Panthers because they they blew a big lead on Saturday. I don't want to talk about it. You know, I was watching the score on on my phone during the wedding, and I don't want to talk about it. Uh, somebody said the other day, "Did uh, did we sacrifice the Heat and the and the Panthers seasons with the Dolphins gonna be good?" I go, "I'll take that I'll every take day. It. I'll take it. I'll take it every day of the weekend, <laughs> twice on Sundays. Absolutely, I'll say. and the UM season. I'll take. It. I mean, not, not maybe not UM, but Heat and if sure, absolutely. World Cup tomorrow, Iran, Iran, and the U.S. 
and we still do not have a proper pronunciation or an agreement on how to properly pronounce the host country. Cutter. Of the, of the, that's what we've been saying on the podcast. Cutter. It's I've heard cutter. a million things. No, it's Cutter. Okay, I'm just heard a million <laughs> pronunciations, just like our 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 um, Geo needs to be on there. Geo needs to be on there. He needs to be on the pitch tomorrow. We got to beat them two nothing, three nothing. I, I, I'm calling it. I'm, I'm saying dos a cero. All that's right. a, that's our favorite score. All right. Dos a cero. And Mexico, whew, they have to go through I don't know how many permutations to get into the round of sixteen. They always are complaining that they go into the round of sixteen and get knocked out. Well, they may not even get there, so they'll be knocked out earlier. So here we are, all this noise of sports now. Quiet yourselves down. You know, after hearing this podcast, we're a little over an hour in, more than a little over an hour in. And, um, you know, just quiet yourself down. A lot of things happening this week. We have Nativity Blessing tonight, 7.30. I did not wait. That's going to be fun. This Thursday, Handel's Messiah. If you've never heard Handel's Messiah, uh, you know, Do yourself a favor. It, it, if you have never heard it in person, come and hear it because uh, it is something so beautiful to hear it in person, to hear this magnificent, uh, you know, just It'll stop work of tracks. art. I mean, King George II stood up when he heard the Alleluia uh, because it was it was just so... Uh, if you haven't heard it, you know you know you know what I'm talking about. The handles Messiah. For whatever reason, it's not working on my on my <laughs> phone. There it is. There you go. You know we have the choir, we have the symphony. It's going to be inside the church, and it's at eight. I believe it's eight. Everything I read is eight, 8 p.m. Eight p.m. on Saturday, uh, on Thursday. Thursday, 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 December first, and then the fair weekend. Parishfair.org. Tomorrow is the last day to get pre-sale tickets, pre-sale bracelets, there's food tickets. Everything is discounted, discounted tomorrow. Tomorrow is the cutoff. Yeah. After that, we cannot do it because we're not con- we're contractually obligated by the vendor not to sell beyond tomorrow. So don't complain to us on Wednesday morning. Um, so yeah, that's and good. Come dunk me on Friday. And come dunk George on Friday. I am. I've retired from the dunk booth. Boo. So I, I have to travel next week. I don't want to get fun. a cold. So it's not cold anymore. Yeah, we'll see. You know, <laughs> we'll see. Watch a little. It was supposed to be cold this weekend. It wasn't cold. So, All right. find time for quiet, find time to get ready for Christ this Advent, find time for prayer. That is the greatest gift that you could give yourself during this season of giving. Give yourself the gift of silence and the gift of prayer. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.